0: Hello and welcome to Glory B. Interesting people and how they pray.
1: Each week we chat with interesting people about their lives, their work and how they pray. I'm Sharon Hannish
0: and I'm Mike
1: Malcolm. Our guest today is Mrs. Susan Lang, soon to be retired 7th grade teacher here at the School of St. Mary. She grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and graduated from the University of Tulsa with a BA in History and Secondary Education and an MA in Humanities. Susan grew up attending the first Christian church here in Tulsa and became Catholic about 12 years ago. I was there. Yes, you were. (laughs) (laughs) She was taught at Marquette Catholic School, Monte Cassino, and Holy Family Catholic Schools before becoming a real estate agent for McGraw Realtor in 1992 ish After 15 years as a realtor Susan returned to teaching here at the School of St. Mary and has been our 7th grade teacher for the past 13 years. She and her husband Brent have two children. And four grandchildren? Actually, seven. Seven wow. grandchildren. Oh, my goodness. Welcome, well, welcome to the
0: podcast. Thank you. I great appreciate this. Here. Well, I think we ought to blow every trumpet that we have to celebrate you. Oh, you're so sweet. Last year, I did this video with all these eighth graders and asked them what their hardest class was, what their favorite memory, and what their who their favorite teacher is. And 70 or 80% of them said you. It's such an
1: honor. It really is an honor.
0: Well, and it's not often that you get that um, gratification quick. You know, it's delayed gratification with teaching. True. That's
1: an affirmation of your vocation. Like, did you always want to be a teacher? My
2: earliest memories of wanting to be a teacher, I I must have been a preschooler. And my father set up a little classroom in the garage with a, a chalkboard, and I'd take my dolls and my stuffed animals out, and I'd play school. And I did that all the time. And then I tend to lecture people a lot, so obviously <laughs> it's a good vocation for me.
1: Well, you know, a couple of years ago, we the pandemic hit, uh, teaching here at the School of Saint Mary's. You know, I mean, you had been teaching forever, but how was teaching during a pandemic?
2: It was very challenging at first. The technology aspect of it—we didn't, we've never been on Zoom. I didn't know anything about. I found out that our internet, that we pay so much money for, was sorely lacking and I also found out that my Chromebook didn't work on Zoom very well at all and thanks to my son-in-law you know, and, the, and the camera from school and the, so I had to come up to school for the first couple months of the pandemic just because I didn't have the access at home so it was it was challenging in that way and then my classes are pretty big except for my English class my history class and my geography classes are large and I found out too I can't teach that many people On one Zoom class. So I had to repeat. I'd do 30 minutes. Next group in, 30 more minutes. Next group in, 30 minutes. It was just like that. Everything I did, I had to double. So it was a challenge. But we got through it. And they don't seem any the worse for wear. I mean, they seem like like they did. The kids did fine.
1: Yeah, I think that is the blessing of, I mean, different from Tulsa Public Schools where they were just out forever. Yes. You know, we did come back. You all... We're ready to go and with whatever masks or shields and all of that you know you did keep our kids learning I think that given the given the obstacles you did a wonderful job
2: thank you and the other challenge on that is or was the fact that you had to keep track of everyone who'd been out with COVID coming back and getting their work finished getting it in getting it graded so all this work came into us at one time and it was um you know it just rolled through the year. It was, it, was, it was a challenge.
0: And then it was the second year. And then it was kind of this.
2: Um, yeah, especially the first of this year. Yeah. But
0: now it looks like, God willing, God willing we're kind yes. of getting back to normal. So I hope that you get to finish with a nice last quarter. Me too. That's very normal. Me too. Yeah. Well, and uh, so my question is, Sharon's question was how would you get involved in teaching? Mine is, why seventh grade? That's hard.
2: Well, when I first started, I was at Monica when yeah. They had a high school then. This yep. is a long time mm-hmm. ago. And I started with the seniors at Monica Sino, student teaching under a man named Mr. Prebrim. Yeah. And he came over to the United States from Czechoslovakia right after World War II. So he had to go back to Czechoslovakia for some reason. And so I filled in for him. And I was only four years older than the kids in my class. Yeah. And wow. even though I was married, the boys kept trying to set me up as a date to their brothers. <laughs> and the fi- I thought, I'm just too, this is too close. I need right. to go somewhere else. Yeah. So I uh, took the, a job at Marquette in seventh grade because my really good friend was the eighth grade teacher there. And so I, I found out I really loved seventh grade. We are the rarest of birds, you know. You mm-hmm. are the rarest Yes, the rarest. We are.
1: What is it that you like about seventh graders? I mean, that's when they're...
2: Oh, their lives are miserable lives overall. Are miserable overall. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but they're still so much fun. Yeah. They're old enough that you can leave them alone in the room if you have to leave for an emergency or something, but so young enough that they're excited about learning and they they love what you tell them and they they love to talk to you. By the time they get to 8th grade, they're pretty much hands in the lap staring straight at you. There's not a whole lot of give and take. 7th graders still have that great give and take.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's your ability to uh respect i mean that's my kids would all my kids for the listening audience, all of them had Mrs. Lang when they were here at the school, St Mary, and they all the thing that that drew them to you is that they all said you respected them <sighs> i mean I don't know how many seventh graders feel respected, certainly probably not by their parents at that age, but uh you know to to be able to instill that to to create a classroom environment where they feel grown up and respected, like, their their thoughts matter. I mean, wh- why, why do you respect 7th graders, <laughs> Mrs. Lang? How I did you- can't
2: tell you this. This is just something inside that I just do, and I tease with them a lot. You know, I tease them, not unkindly, of course, yep. but I tease them, um, like, Somebody will have a sock down underneath his shoe, and I'll go, hey, nice socks you have on there. You know, and they just think that's so funny, and then they just fix their sock. And it's that kind of little give and take with them all the time that Mm -hmm. that I truly enjoy. Yeah.
1: Well, and you're teaching them also. uh, I mean, I just remember at current events, I mean, that was one of the favorite things, that you would share both sides of the opinion and then let them kind of talk about it. And I don't know. You just treat them like.
2: That is so nice to hear. Thank you. I appreciate that. I try. I really do.
1: So you were also um, a teacher at, okay, at Holy Family? Uh-huh. Is that how You met Maureen? Yes. So Maureen, for those of you who are listening, is uh, unfortunately, you know, sadly, we just lost Maureen. She was the principal up until this last year. Um, but she came about 12 or twelve or 13 years ago, and she's the one who hired you. And out of, out of the blue, because we were kind of in a pinch in the middle of the year. So how did you all know each other?
2: I went... Um I decided I wanted to go back to teaching. My kids were at the point they didn't need me anymore. I mean, my my son was driving, my daughter. I, mean, I was Nobody was ever home. I was there by myself all the time. So I uh, started sending out applications, but I'm such a fan of Catholic education. I mean, I've been a fan of it my whole life. And so I was real interested in what the diocese had to offer. And at that time, you just sent an application in and just kind of waited to hear if anybody would call you back or not. There were no computers to check or anything else. And so within about 24 hours after sending it to the diocese, Maureen called me, and she said, uh, would you come in for an interview? So I went in, and we sat and talked, and it was like this wonderful instant connection. We laughed, and we giggled, and we talked about stuff, and um, she went to Edison, I went to Memorial, you know, we had all this stuff in common. And so uh, she said, well, I have two or three other people I need to, to talk to, and I'll be glad to let you know what I decide. So I said, thank you very much, and left, and within an hour she called me back, and she said, I have a job, I have a contract here for you if you want to come get it, and I said, oh, I'd love that. So the weird thing is that nobody else even called me for an interview. Now, is hmm. that just strange?
0: Makes you wonder if Maureen told all the other principals hands off.
2: Well, it could be, the, <laughs> but it mine. wasn't just the diocese. I, I applied yeah. to public school. I applied yeah. all over, and that she was the only person who called me. So And, and that, that was
1: when she was at Holy Family. That's
2: Holy Family. And that was a challenge, a challenging school. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I, and I went back to teaching in the seventh grade, and I had been in the, in the school room for a while, and it was a little bit of a challenge to, to get my legs under me, but mm-hmm. it was a wonderful experience. In fact, some of my former students have their children here at Holy Fam or here at St. Mary, because I had them at Holy Family. Wow. So they're here.
1: That's amazing.
2: Isn't that cool?
0: Well, and that is that great delayed gratification. Yes. People coming back to you and saying, you know what? You were a great teacher to me way back when, and I want you to teach my kids.
2: Which, unfortunately, they're too little to teach right yeah. now. But, you know, I, I know who they are. So. Yeah. And then yep.
1: you took a, a break from teaching, and you became a realtor. Right. Uh, what, I, I mean, people. Why? Yeah, why? <laughs> why is that, Susan?
2: Well, Brent sold his company. My husband sold his company. and. He was casting around for something to do, and I had very elderly parents at the time. And this is not a job to teach when you have elderly, comma, dying parents. You know, it's just, you just can't go, guys, I have to leave. I'll see you later. So it became so difficult that I was the I'm an only child. Okay. So I was it. And so I had to quit teaching, and we found real estate and just loved it. We had a, he still is in real estate. We had a really lucrative career, so.
1: Yes, I. I it, people, some people knew you for that, mm-hmm. and didn't realize you had been a teacher before when you came here. Uh, so they were they were surprised, it, to say surprised the least. Yes, I you. got
2: that too when I was here when I first came.
1: Okay, so um, in your bio, you mentioned that you grew up as a, at First Christian Church, right? Um, what what denomination is that? Is that a it's, denomination? It's, a,
2: it's Christian? It's a dom- denomination. It's Candy Corner to the cathedral downtown. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's that one with a yeah. big green dome on the top. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so you grew up. And did you, when, I mean, were you a religious person growing up, or um, how did you end up, what drew you to the Catholic Church?
2: Well, after we, after I was married, and we were part of a really fabulous Sunday school class at First Christian, and yeah, I've always been a religious person, and I've always gone to church, and, but we did, things just started changing, and so we tried a few other churches, and we just weren't very happy with anything we just nothing seemed to fill the need that I had to go to church. It seemed like a waste of time quite honestly, and I don't mean that in a rude way, but it did. And so I asked God, I said, you know, can you show me a new a new pathway? They so did. <laughs> That's why I'm here. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, because you, you had taught a lot in Catholic schools, but you had never considered becoming Catholic. Right. And then I think you said in something That Father Castle said, why aren't you Catholic? And you said, nobody ever asked me to be. Nobody ever
2: did. I mean, it never occurred to me. I didn't even know how you did it. I didn't know how you became a Catholic, even though I'd been in Catholic schools for years. And I'd never heard of RCIA. I didn't know anything about how to convert, and nobody said anything. And I'm not usually a shy person, but I guess I never thought to ask, which was really my fault. I mean, I should have asked.
1: Well, I thought it was uh, a good example of that the church we need to be asking more and inviting people better and uh so i was kind of inspired by that
2: <laughs> father castle story. yeah father he's father castle.
1: the one he yeah. asked me
0: well he's kind of a, a rule breaker yes that's it yes he is. you know yeah because catholics tend not to proselytize much right and never in the the overly aggressive way to that um makes other catholics just say oh that's too much but just uh the welcoming thing well and i could see how somebody like you with your your career in teaching and realty, it's all about relationships. Right. And so then, when you when you started to form those relationships at church here, has that helped bind you to the parish?
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, we have some uh, such good yeah. friends here. Yeah. Unfortunately for for us, you know, and all of us, I think, COVID right. has really put a chink in some of the get-togethers we used to have. But uh, hopefully, this will all get back on an even keel this year. But, yeah. It's um, oh, we have made wonderful friends here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, the best people in the whole world.
1: Yeah. Well, and both of you, both you and your husband, have become involved in the parish. I mean, Brent does. I mean, <laughs> Brent does everything. Yeah. The home improvement ministry and the Encore ministry, and and I think you being in the school, it does kind of automatically bring you in to the parish and, in a committed way that helps you feel a part of the community. This so. just
2: feels like home. That's all I can say. It just feels like home. Yeah, that is great. So this is where I'll be from now on. Yeah.
1: I know. Even after you retire. (laughs) Even after I retire, I'm not going anywhere. (laughs) You know, um, we've been talking about that you, you know, were a person of faith, that you grew up with that and then became Catholic. So today, you know, you're a teacher. I know you pray with your students and you attend mass and prayer services and all that the school does in terms of prayer, but... um, How do you pray? Like, what does your private prayer look like? What draws your heart when you sit down to pray on your own?
2: Well, I pray at home, of course, before I go to bed. I Mm -hmm. thank God for every day when I get up that I'm still able to sit. I call it getting up off the floor, that I'm still able to move, you know, and move around easily. Um, This is going to sound a little funny. You know I pray the most? In the car. Because I have no interruptions, right. I, the radio's not on. I don't have Sirius, isn't on, and nothing's on. And I just, I just talk to God, and it's so funny when when you talk to God and you ask Him things, and you say, "Will you please show me, God, what you know, whatever it is you're worried about, or whatever it is you're praying about, or please show me how to how to absorb what's going on in Ukraine? Please show me how you know, hopefully." He will always answer, at, at, you know, when you want him to. Sometimes you have to wait a while, but overall, it's amazing what you learn if you just listen.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, car prayer is good. Carpreer. I do car prayer. I, I do yeah. a lot of car prayer. Do you do that yeah, too? On the way home. Prairie, especially in the morning, can, I'm too sleepy.
2: We could call it prairie oaky. So, yeah. <laughs> That's right.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I'm sure after a, a busy day at school, it's kind of loud. Just being yes. in the school yeah. and to to finally be able to close those car doors and just have a quiet moment. It's just right. you and God. And
2: especially in the morning. You know, yeah. please God make this a good day for my students. Uh-huh. Help them do, learn what they need to learn. You know, just this, that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. just to help help my students, mm-hmm. help people that I love, people mm-hmm. I don't even know.
1: Yes. You know, uh-huh. there's an ancient word for this, which is called colloquy, which is, this form of conversation with God, you know, being able to just talk to Jesus like you're describing in the car, in a pouring out your worries and your concerns and thanking him for another day of life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> for your health and your well-being. And uh, yeah, I like that. And I, I know we laughed when we said, what did you call it? Karaoke. Karaoke. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> but it is a, it is a, you have talked about Mike that that is when you pray in the mm-hmm. car. Um, so I like that. I don't think any of our other guests have suggested that. And I do a lot of praying in the car. I'll nowadays, you know, I'll plug in some kind of a podcast and listen to it as I'm Alexio, something that leads Mm -hmm. me through a type of prayer as I'm driving. But I, I like that idea of quiet prayer, turning off the radio. I know people who give up radio in the car during Lent, you know, Mm -hmm. which we're during the season of Lent. Smart idea. Yeah. To enable you to pray. um, So, prayer is very important, and as you mentioned, though, sometimes either we don't feel at home in a church, or we get too busy, or whatever, or there's a tragedy in our lives that, um, for whatever reason, prayer becomes difficult. Has there been a time in your life when you found it difficult to pray?
2: I think when my parents were dying, that was probably as difficult a time as I personally have been through. and. Sometimes I'd realize I hadn't prayed for days. You know, it's just, you don't even think about it. You're in and out of the hospital all the time. You're, you know, you're dealing with caregivers. You're, all the stuff you're dealing with. And all of a sudden you go, oh my gosh, when is the last time I actually prayed? And you can't even remember. And that's, that's what I've had the hardest time with. That, during that period of time was the hardest.
0: Well, and that's when you know it's a disruptive time in your life. Yes. You know, for sure. Yeah. So did your parents pass away at about the same time?
2: Um... We the the our, the two of us, uh, Brent, my yeah. husband and myself. Um, every two years, we lost a parent. Oh gosh! So it was pretty hair. it was pretty hairy. That's a lot. I know. I was quite a bit. So it was it was really tough. Mm-hmm.
1: What do you think drew you out? Drew you back to prayer? Drew you back to having a relationship with God?
2: The fact that I was so horrified when I realized what I'd been doing that I. Was, it was easy to get back into the, to the swing. Do you remember in praying? We had a speaker one time who had us read, uh, you know, open the Bible and just read mm-hmm. what it said. And then you close your eyes and you pray and you put yourself. Do you remember this? You put I, yourself. I don't know exercise. if you were here then. Yeah. It and was. you put yourself in the, yeah. in the scene mm-hmm. that you just read about in the Bible and you, you look at the, you know all the stuff that's going on around. That is that's another really fabulous way to pray. I do yes. that quite a bit too.
1: Well, that's Ignatian contemplation. Yeah. Yes, can put a link actually sure in our show notes about that because it is it it was what transformed scripture for me too. Was it really a, a character yeah. in the scene and listening and smelling and you know
2: looking at fabrics and mm-hmm. thinking what they're talking about? Oh, right. that I wish you would. I'd love to know more about that. That that speaker that priest made more. In, of an impact on me than any other class I've ever seen. Yeah.
1: yeah, that was Father Jack's friend who came and he talked about also the return of the prodigal son, but he also talked about, well, he was one that, t- there could have been many people who came and spoke about that. But, uh, yeah, it's a great way of praying. Yeah,
0: maybe I heard that from the same source, or maybe it's just been one that's multiplied all around the world. But, yeah, you have to open up the Bible to a random page and see how it speaks to you. So, that is good. Well, how is prayer with seventh graders
2: oh how they're you, how they so good pray? yeah oh we pray well we have our school prayer every morning yeah and then i have a book of prayers for school kids mm-hmm. from the catholic bookstore mm-hmm. that alan gave me Yeah. alan brian gave me and then we have that prayer and that's it's on a theme every week this week is obedience and then i ask for intentions for the day and you can't imagine how many intentions i get mm. from the kids they are they have a lot of worries right now children have a lot on their plate
0: i did a lot of summer camp and i specifically focused on junior high as it was called back then but middle school as we call it now Uh and yeah seventh graders there's they're old enough to really digest all that the world has in a good and bad way and then but they're also little boys and girls right you know if you want to run around in the mud and kick balls they're totally down for that. But at the same time, there's a a, a glowing and growing mind that is able to cast light on the, the world and really look at it analytically. And so uh yeah, their their capacity for prayer is something else. Um and what they can can comprehend is. So thank you for leading with us. Well, sometimes they way.
2: put me to shame. I mean, they are yeah. really good at this. Yeah. They are really good at this. Yeah. They pray beautifully. Yeah. And they're so respectful.
0: Well, let's pray for them. Um, okay, but but um, so if you had one prayer intention that you would ask everybody in the world to join you for, what would that be? Peace, peace,
2: definitely peace. Yeah. We need peace in our world right yeah. now, in the worst way. Yeah,
0: I can get behind that for I sure. Can get
2: behind that. <laughs> yeah, me too.
0: Well, would you lead us in a glory be?
2: Okay, glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as, as it was, was in the, the beginning. beginning is now, now and, and ever, ever shall be, be world, world without, without end, end. Amen. amen in the name of the father amen. and the son and the holy spirit amen.
0: thank you susan for being part of this thank, thank you for asking me this thank you was really for, fast oh, was and great. thank you for teaching oh, i mean I all this though, great career
2: you're not rid of me yet around here i can promise you that all I'll right i'll still be hanging out
0: <laughs> sounds good <laughs> thank you glory Bee is a production of the office of communications at the church of saint mary in tulsa oklahoma i'm your producer mike malcolm see you next time